Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 40th episode of 2022. I'm joining you from beautiful Napa Valley this morning. I'm here meeting with the power utility industry to discuss how they can participate in getting fiber to every American. You know, here in California, Governor Newsom vetoed the California Advanced Service Fund legislation that included some language for aggressive shot clock for the PUC to approve grant applications. And if they failed to meet the time limit, the funding application would automatically be granted. This bill included some language that it would expressly tell the PUC to consider fixed wireless applications. While this bill was vetoed, the PUC still has some discretion to consider fixed wireless access. That said, the California PUC generally favors fiber. Hey, before we kick off today, I'd like to thank our sponsors for Fiber Breakfast, including our gold sponsors, Gray and Vetro. Hopefully you received our third quarter update that we sent out on Friday morning. In addition to the historic level of federal, state, and local subsidies for fiber, we're seeing a tremendous level of investment in private capital as the tier ones, tier twos, and cable operators are in a race to upgrade their networks to fiber. In addition, the Fiber Broadband Association is growing at a strong pace, adding 113 net new companies in the first three quarters of 2022. Hey, coming up on December 5th and 6th is our premier members meeting at the Don Cesar Resort in St. Pete Beach, Florida. During this important event, uh, we will be electing our 2023 board of directors and setting our 2023 strategy and direction. So I hope that you'll be able to join us. Speaking of important events, our next regional Fiber Connect workshop will be in Columbus, Ohio on November 3rd. This event and Columbus is already on track to break all records that we set at Copper Mountain in Colorado last month. So you're not gonna to wanna to miss that, so please register today. Also wanna bring your attention to a very important Fiber Broadband Association webinar on supply chain and key mitigation strategies that's gonna be held on Thursday, October 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's Thursday, October 6th, 1 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear from the industry experts from the Fiber Broadband Association Supply Chain Working Group and the white paper that was recently released. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. Today, we have a great Fiber for Breakfast on future-proofing the world's fastest internet, why EPB took the leap to 25 gig with Katie Esbeth, the Vice President of New Products. It's incredibly exciting to see 25 gig pond being deployed um, while some in Washington are still trying to hold our country back to speeds of 100 by 20. Last week at Five for Breakfast, our session was focused on the state of the state's broadband mapping initiatives at the state level, where we did a drill down on the state mapping initiatives in North Carolina and Georgia. Today, our Five for Breakfast session is with Katie Esbeth of EPB, who's going to discuss future-proofing the world's fastest internet and why EPB took the leap to 25 gig. Katie was the chair of the Fiber Broadband Associations in 2020, and she fulfilled my term as chair in 2021, as I stepped down from the board in November of 2020 to run the organization. 
In her day job, uh, Katie is the Vice President of New Products at EPB, the Electric Power Board in Chattanooga. She joined EPB in 2004 and her responsibilities include the continued development of fiber optic systems, long-term business planning, and develop of new products and services. She was instrumental in the roll-up of PBB's uh, fiber optic division, and she now leads EPB's efforts in developing wholesale broadband services. Katie is a current Fiber Broadband Association board member, and she's been a champion of the association's work to propel fiber deployment around the world. She has more than 30 years of marketing and telecommunications experience with national carriers. Um, SBES is also a board member at the National Content and Technology Cooperative, NCTC. So welcome, Katie. And for our audience, please type in your questions as go so we can get them into the Q&A. With that, I will turn it over to Katie. Well, good morning, Gary and everyone. Um, thanks for uh, including us in this morning's discussion. You know, it's always a privilege to talk about uh, what's happening in Chattanooga, and um, it, we're, we're really uh, appreciative of the opportunity to share our story. So um, a little bit about EPB uh, to, to kind of kick off our discussion. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about our history. Um, our mission is just like uh, many other co-ops and municipal power distributors in the country. It's about enhancing the quality of life for the folks who live within our footprint. Um, and we think we can do that by providing energy and now communication and other related services reliably and efficiently. Um, at the best possible value to the folks that we serve. Um, we were actually founded in 1935. We began providing electricity in 1939. Um, and you can imagine electrifying the, the valley, um, that path to fulfilling our mission was very clear. Um, as, as everyone had access to electricity, uh, during that century, we realized we really needed to retool and think about how we fulfilled our mission going forward. Um, and we thought that building, and we feel like building a fiber optic network, not only for uh, smart grid purposes to provide more reliable electric power, um, but also layering on second generation advanced broadband services was really how we could fulfill our mission for the future. So in 2008, we began building a 100% fiber optic network that passes all 185,000 customers in our footprint. We launched commercial services in 2009. As soon as we could get a hold of gig-enabled ONTs in 2010, we began to deploy system-wide availability of gig services within our community. Uh, 2010, those uh, are, we realized we could upgrade our network to. Um, uh, in 2015, excuse me, fast forward to 2015, we layered on access to 10 gig services uh, that are that became available to everyone in our footprint. And now, beginning in 2022, we realized we could uh, undertake yet another network upgrade and offer 25 gig services to everyone in our footprint. Um, you know, it's important to go back and document really the kind of impact that these services have made on our communities. Uh, so we, we did, we worked with uh, Dr. Bento Lobo at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga um, and asked him to go back and actually document what sort of benefits have accrued. Did we in fact fulfill our mission for our customers? And this study is publicly available. 
Um, anyone can uh, can take a look at it and look at the details. But Dr. Bento uh, Lobo documents about $2.7 billion of benefits that have accrued to our community as a result of building a fiber optic network. Um, some of those benefits include reduced power outages of, of nearly 50%. But I think if you look back about economic development and realize that the network's credited with um, about 9,500 new jobs for our community, uh, over 40% of those we don't feel like would have really come to Chattanooga without those high-tech industries locating here and, and actually growing in Chattanooga. Um, you know, we've had over 2,200 media placements as a result of our, of our network. And while you may not think of those and, and attribute those to necessarily economic development, it absolutely does play a role in bringing companies to Chattanooga and to companies uh, growing and thriving. So back to the to the other uh, other side, just a second. Um, we are in the middle. We're we're doing a five year upgrade to our network, um, and we're increasing the the core of our network to 100 gig. Um, but we did make 25 gig available to all of our customers. It's a five-year project, a $70 million undertaking. But again, we feel it's extremely important to keep Chattanooga on the leading edge of technology. Um, you know, since our launch, we've partnered with Department of Energy and Oak Ridge National Labs uh, in securing over $110 million uh, in grants uh, that are about uh, really what can we do to make Chattanooga a living lab for these forward-looking technologies? Um, and so that's what really drives us. It's about providing more opportunities for the folks who live in Chattanooga. Um, and so as, as we made our announcement, um, interestingly enough, it was very well received across a wide number of publications. Um, and, and, you know, we, we feel like that does, that propels Chattanooga forward in a lot of different ways. Um, if, you, if you think about who needs 25 gigs, um, you know, we have our first customer. We, we announced that uh, our first customer will be the convention center here in Chattanooga. We partnered with Nokia as our partner uh, and, and also Arista to deploy the actual Wi-Fi uh, equipment within the, within the convention center. Um, but while 25 gig may not be a household word today, or people may not be thinking I can use that in my home today, that's exactly what we heard when we deployed a gig. And I don't think anyone would argue now that uh, people have found creative ways to be productive with gig services. We have customers who've found ways to be productive with 10 gig services, and we'll expect that they'll find ways to use 25 gig services. When you think about it today, it's a natural fit for data centers, um, for regional hospitals, and Chattanooga happens to be home to, I think, the seventh largest regional hospital here. When you think about all the telemedicine opportunities that come with their medical practices that are associated with that hospital and others in, in the community, it's not a giant leap to think, we're gonna find ways to use this type of bandwidth. And certainly, we don't want to be the gating factor. You know, our job is to build infrastructure, and that's exactly what this network upgrade did for our community. It provides infrastructure, 
for companies and for our residents to be able to find new and innovative ways to use the bandwidth. And that's what we're that's what we're happy to do. We won't stop here. We'll continue to monitor the uh, the market, and as soon as more upgrades become available, we'll move in that direction. Because again, it is compatible with our mission. It's about economic development, keeping Chattanooga on the leading edge. Um, that's what we feel like our role is, and we're delighted that our community has embraced that role for us. Katie, um, you mind if I ask some questions now? No, please go right ahead. Okay, great. Well, you know, EPB, you know, was the first gigabit city in the world, and then they are now, then they were the first 10 gig city, and now the first 25 gig city. You know, why Chattanooga? And, you know, what's the response from the community to EPB's leadership? I mean, even considering that you guys are a power utility. Um, well, you know, our community has embraced this, and, and um, you know, I don't think I think there's a, a tremendous amount of pride within our community about belonging um, to a, a community where technology is available to anyone. And, and it's it's no longer about I have to live in a certain part of town or I have to I have to locate my business in, in a certain industrial park. It's anywhere in a 600 square mile area. Um, We've had tremendous government support from our mayors, and we've had a number of mayors who've been with us along this whole journey, beginning in 2004 when we started working on the business plan all the way up through this launch. Um, and so we've had nothing but good, good support from our city leaders. Um, and today we sit at about a 70% market share wow. of services in our footprint. So certainly our residents have embraced what we've been what we've been doing and enthusiastically continue to buy our services our communications services but even if you don't um choose one of our uh, voice video or data products um you do still experience some of the benefits of this fiber optic network um i think i mentioned earlier about a 50 percent reduction in uh, power outages, and certainly that works for everyone. Um, and the fact that uh, our, our fiber optic network can, in fact, uh, uh, share revenues with the electric system, we've been able to hold electric rates without a rate increase since 2015. Um, and so we think that we've been able to avoid about seven and a half percent in electric rate increases. So regardless of whether you take communication services or not, you're enjoying lower electric rates. Um, we Everybody also, benefits. pardon me? Everybody benefits. Yeah, I think so. And and we pay on average about $20 million a year to the city and county and in lieu of tax payments. And we're happy to do that because that goes to fund public services. And again, we're owned by the city of Chattanooga, operate as an independent board. So we're happy to pass that money to the city for, for different uses. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a huge fan of Chattanooga, but not a fan of uh, Highway 24. Um, so <laughs> I would think with uh, all this bandwidth that you'd have um, a lot more people in Chattanooga being able to work from home. Have you guys done any kind of work from home studies or anything to see how many um, people are? That, that is part of Dr. Lobo's study. Um, and um, it, he does include data about that. I think the pandemic is probably the best um, documentation we have. I mean, literally, you know, we all went home that day in March and didn't expect it to be for over a year. 
um, but we could mobilize folks, could go home. Um, you know, almost 40% of our customers have gig services. Other customers have 300 uh, meg symmetrical services. So really people could go home and start work and not miss a beat uh, because they had access to high-speed broadband um, on, on our fiber optic network. So uh, we feel like if there was any doubt about the ability to work from home, see your doctors from home, um, we think the pandemic proved that a fiber optic network really enables people to do to have take advantage of those type of services uh, instantaneously. I remember when you launched the um, the first gigabit city, and um, you had an incubator set up that said, "What what do you do with a gig?" Is uh, is that now they're going to say, "What do you do with 25 gig?" Or how does that yeah. work? I do. I think those conversations are ongoing, and and you reference we we didn't know what you would do with the gig when we launched gig services back uh, in 2010. Um, so we did meet with business leaders every week to talk about what do you think we could do with the gig, and those conversations have not stopped. We we have the enterprise center located across the street from us. We have business incubators scattered around town, um, and and I think uh, those discussions. While we're part of them, uh, those discussions are not encumbered by, by infrastructure. So they can continue to develop and build companies and applications here. Uh, while we're involved in those conversations, we see our role as being the people to enable those conversations and enable those new applications. Well, you know, when I'm around your area, I people will just come to me and, you know, start talking about their power company, EPB, how great it is. Um, your, your net promoter score must be through the roof, but um, so you have very positive. I hear a lot of positive things about your company. Well, thank you, Gary. We, um, you know, we we've been fortunate. We pride ourselves on on customer service. We are local, and we think that plays a big role. Our our employees are our best ambassadors and our best salespeople. Um, but it's it's a high bar, and it's one that we strive to. Um, exceed every day uh, and we are we are fortunate we have um, great customer support and we like we like it especially when our customers speak for us um, and, and so every day um, you know we we try to take the attitude that we've got to make our customers happy do the right thing for them and I think that we we proved that we're able to do that we're continuing to see growth year in year out uh, I know at some point um, you know, having competition is good. So uh, I don't think we'll ever have 100% market share. And I, and I don't, we need to have competition because competition keeps us moving ahead, uh, keeps us pu pushing us ahead to be the technological leader for the community. You know, in Washington, there are people that argue that, um, you know, especially rural communities don't need more than 100 by 20 megabits. You know, how would the people from Chattanooga respond to that statement? I, I think they would say, really? I, I can't imagine that that really is the case. Um, you know, again, people are, are proud of what they have here. They've seen the practical use of the bandwidth. They work for companies who use the bandwidth. They're able to work from home. They're able to see their doctors. Um, you know, we one product that we're particularly proud of is our EdConnect product. So, um, as our as our kids all went home to learn remotely, we realized that not everyone, while they had access to our internet service, um, they may not be subscribers. So, while we put up over 100 hotspots 
um, right away. We knew that wasn't the long-term solution. So um, we developed a product called uh, EdConnect in where we make uh, access to internet um, services at no cost to families who have children who are eligible for free or reduced lunch. And we're proud in addition to that to be uh, to, uh, to be participants in the ACP program. So we are concerned about the digital divide. And we do think that whether you're rural or urban or low income or high income, that you deserve access to this type of critical infrastructure. Oh, great. So tell us about, I mean, 25 gig. I, I mean, can people afford it? What What's your pricing for 25 gig? And maybe tell us about your different tiers that you offer your... Um, well, today for the residential, um, we offer 300 meg uh, symmetrical, 57.99. Gig is 67.99. 67 uh, bucks for a gigabit. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we like to remind people for $10 more, you can have a gig. Um, wow. And then we offer 10 gig for 2.99. Um, and our 25 gig, we offer at 1,500. Um, so, 1,500. I can remember when a T1 was more than $1,500. That is absolutely yeah. astonishing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as, as we begin to manage and understand pricing better, that price may change over time. But for now, we're happy with that. Um, and our customers are, are, are happy with that as well. Great. And you mentioned uh, ACP and your low income. So what do you know what percentage of the qualified low income people in Chattanooga are participating in ACP and um, what what is the, the price that you can offer uh, low income you know when you have your $35 subsidy what what can they get in there for um so we do that that comes that discounts applied straight to their bill so when so we'll, we'll take that right off the bottom line we so $5, have $57 minus 35 bucks that's correct that's okay. correct um we we have about 500 folks who've signed up through uh, through the ACP program. Um, we we have about 17,000 that um, are eligible for HC for EdConnect. Um, and so as every year they they sign up as they register their kids and we schedule installation and it is a lifetime uh, type of installation. So um, we you know once you sign up we we expect to stay in your home to your children get out of school to be perfectly honest and there are no restrictions on that internet access we don't try to uh, force you to use it only for school work because we we really believe that everyone that lives in that home uh, deserves access to the applications that this type of service enables great uh, you mind if i ask a few technical questions um, i'll do my best I, you can you All can right. fire away i hope i can answer them all right. Yeah. So um, the, one of the questions that came in was, uh, um, what is the best approach to transitioning to 25 gig PON with an existing GPON or XGS PON network? Well, for us, it made sense. Um, we're, we're a Nokia shop. We have uh, been with Nokia since we launched. Um, and so it really made sense to layer on this type these enhancements or this increased capacity using our existing network. So we were able to leverage our investment that we had already made in GPON. And then as we upgraded, um, we could leverage that, ex uh, that investment without building more fiber. Uh, we didn't have to replace everything in our network. We could just replace certain pieces of equipment. So find a great, a good partner, a good partner who's willing to work with you and keep you abreast of changing technology. Uh, and then leverage the investment that you've already made in your infrastructure, whether it's in that fiber or it's in your electronics, but reuse as much as you can 
Um, and we're a big believer that if you do it for one, you should do it for everyone. So all of your customers have access um, to what you're doing. So in short, your investment in fiber back in 2010, you know, 12, 13 years ago, you're able to leverage that investment here by just upgrading electronics as the technology um, you know, evolves. That's correct. And we will anticipate, we'll anticipate when um, a faster, better electronics are available, we'll do the very same thing. We'll, that fiber has really been our foundation for everything. You know, we launched with 30, if you can believe it, 30 meg uh, symmetrical. And now we're using that same fiber to offer 25 gig. Wow, from 30 meg to 25 gig, uh, pretty soon you'll be the first terabit city. <laughs> be... Well, I mean, Nokia showed the 100 gig pond live demonstration at our conference. So it sounds like that's right. probably, you know, realistically here in the near near future. It is, it is. And uh, when it's available and ready to deploy, we'll be doing the very same thing. Oh, fantastic. So another um, audience question here from on. Uh, so why did you elect to serve the convention center with PON versus a DWM point-to-point -point circuit? Well, it goes back to leveraging what we already have. Um, we, we have existing fiber and looking at a DWDM where you have dedicated fiber use, um, we wanted 25 gig to be available to everybody. And we certainly didn't want to overbuild the fiber that we already have in place. So our convention center is like our proof of concept that you can use, you can leverage your existing fiber with new electronics to serve more customers really um, at less cost to us as the provider. Well, so maybe just end with, um, talk a little bit about your partnership uh, with the city of Chattanooga and Hamilton County to deploy that 25 gig to the convention center. So, no, you know, we're very fortunate. We have a great relationship with both the city and the county here. And so um, the, the city and the county each committed $151,000 uh, to defray the cost of the service going forward. We had a great partner with Arista who uh, brought some of their uh, new equipment into the convention center. And so we hope that we'll be able to leverage that for them as well. They serve our other com uh, commercial customers with their hosted Wi-Fi solution. Uh, so between Nokia, the city and the county, and Arista, we were able to bring this together quickly um, for the community. So it's been a great partnership all the way around. Uh, again, we've had great city and county leadership. We've been very fortunate that we've had great support since we began even building our business plan and it continues even to this day. Well, it's great that uh, your mayor seemed to get um, recruited to go to NTIA to help, you know, <laughs> fiber to all communities. So, um, yeah, that's, only... that's right. Um, I, we hope that he takes what he's what he's seen in Chattanooga and can evangelize that all over the country. So, so we're happy to see him in that type of position. So, all communities across the country are going to benefit from your experience. So, Katie, thanks for your. You know, really appreciate all your work and leadership at the Fiber Broadband Association and in their industry. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And I want to thank you. everybody for joining us today. And I look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. We'll be discussing fiber to every rural home. Need is more than enough. And this was going to be with Jonathan Chambers, a partner at Connexon. He's going to discuss how the level of bead funding is far more than adequate. Complete the work started under the CAF2 auction and continues under CARES and RDOF and ARPA. It's fiber to every rural home. So you're not going to want to miss that. And we'll see you all next Wednesday. So thanks, everyone.